0: thanks for listening to the Adam Corolla
1: show on podcast one rockauto.com why spend 30 to 50 percent even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have why spend so much there why not go to rockauto.com It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write Corolla in the how did you hear about us, So that is Corolla, C-A-R-O-L-L-A, in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities.
2: Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary.
1: Well, in the first half, lots of music talk. And then uh, Jonathan Taplin comes in. He toured with Janis Joplin and um, Bob Dylan and all the band and all those guys. There's a lot of great stories. George Harrison stories. Lots of great stuff. Lots of great stories. First, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, and then you want to get your bundle working. And so you go to Geico.com. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because they already have so much to do around your home. So what do you do? You go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save and how easy it is to save when you get your bundle working at Geico. That is Geico.com.
3: Seven years ago, college wrestler Damien Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado.
1: Everyone had been drinking or whatever, the usual
3: party thing. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damien Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanimal. Join me April 20th for the season premiere.
0: From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Giannis Pappas, and the author of The Magic Years, Scenes from a Rock and Roll Life, Jonathan Taplin. With Gina Grad on news, and Paul Bryan on sound effects, and now, shocked that there's
1: trouble in the Middle East, Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. we got a mandate. You get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you, right, Gina Graham? That's right. Handball, Brian. This is my house, not yours. <laughs> yeah. If you go, again, I always say this, you know, people think it's, you know, maybe neither here nor there, but... uh Watch an episode of SNL from 1977, watch the news, and when they start with trouble in the Middle East, you'll get an idea of where we're at as a society and these sort of uh, nagging problems. (laughs) Jonathan uh, Taplin is going to join us about half an hour. He's the guy who was there uh, for—he worked for a management company. Well, he produced The Last Waltz, by the way, great doc that we should— I just
4: saw it for the first time six months ago. Oh really? Yeah, it. it's great. Yeah. I loved it.
1: Saw it in the movie theater a million years when I was a little kid. You know what's weird
4: is I it's stuck in my mind audibly because my dad loved The Last Waltz. He loved the band. He loved everyone on there. He played it all the time, like the album. But mm-hmm. I had never seen the documentary until just you know a few months ago.
1: It was a Scorsese film, yeah, right? He
4: was there. So speaking of Scorsese, Taplin uh, produced his first well, first big film, Mean Streets, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of want to get into because that's you know that's that's a uh, it's a good pull on. Uh, talent scouting. You know what mm, I mean? young pitcher yeah. wagon with the youngest Scorsese.
1: And uh, De Niro and... De Niro
4: and uh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is actually the lead in that movie.
1: Um, also, uh, so their, their firm managed uh, Bob Dylan and the band and Janis Joplin and Peter Paul and Mary. So we'll, uh, we'll have a walk down musical memory lane with him. Uh, speaking of music, maybe we have a little theme working today. Uh, I was in the car... Two nights ago, as you know, uh, Natalia likes to plug in her playlist. We hop in the car, and then I just listen to what the kids are yeah. listening to these days. She's perfect, you know, fourteen, fifteen, wants to be part of every everything that's popular. And uh, but it's the order of the playlist that kind of got me. So the first one was by uh, Tyler, the creator.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: and As it this, this song, person. this is nine one one, Mister Lonely. But listen to this guy singing chops.
2: Is, is that him? Is he on Thor's?
1: I don't know. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Here's my number. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta understand, I'm white knuckling it on the steering wheel because I'm like, you know, there's a band called the OJs, right? You know, there's a band called the Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My thirst levels are infinity and beyond. Sipping on that lemon. All right, Dawson, let's go back to the top one more time because it was really just him singing that that got me. me, 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 me. Uh, Is there uh, any part of this we don't think we could do? Why you did
6: that?
1: All right, now hold on. You know when they interview like Stevie Wonder or Gary, um, uh, sorry Barry Gordy or something like that, and they have to do that thing where they're like, "Yeah, I like what the kids are doing these days. Like a lot of good stuff." They would have stabbed anyone who came into Motown and attempted to go, "Hey." My name is Tyler, and uh, you can call me. I'm a Fahone. Oh yeah! Like they would have went get the fuck out of here and never come back, and don't tell anyone you ever came yeah. here. That's right. In the first fucking place. Yeah. We have a reputation.
4: I could lose cred by knowing that I talked to you.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Was he doing
4: uh, like a nervous thing, where like, he was still approaching a girl, or was he trying to act? I think you're reading too much into it. I think I am.
1: I think everyone is just high as fuck and going, fuck it.
0: They'll take what we give them. Dawson? As as the great Alan Parsons once said to me when I was uh, recording vocals in his studio. Right. You're not really hitting a note.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, no notes to be hit. But we went right from that to the next song. And the next song... In the playlist, I found myself enjoying, but I realized pretty quickly why I was enjoying. no,
2: no, I don't abide by this at all. You know what I this is? Yes, yeah. this is them stealing Otis Redding and talking over it. I hate this.
4: Yeah, this. This part's enjoyable.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, like oh. No, I don't. I don't. This young rapper this can all. sing. I should take all my words back. Here.
2: You were impressed with Natalia for 30 seconds Yeah, uh, having this on there.
1: Well, here's a bad sign for your song. When you're sampling a song and we just fucking wish that song That's would exactly play for the right. rest of the song.
6: This?
2: I thought I was having a small stroke when this happened. Yeah. yeah.
6: And Kanye. Brian, stop bopping your ass. I I got my swagger back. Truth. Yeah, Otis died in 1967.
5: No.
1: My feeling is you can just listen to Otis Redding yeah. and probably a have a better serviceable outcome.
2: song, you didn't need to talk over it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it could be looked as respectful, but I look at it as disrespectful. Like, you're just shouting over Otis Otis' song. You guys are old. This song last.
2: <laughs> Stop smiling, Brad. Well, the song
1: is good. Yeah, the song cause, is cause great. Because Otis is good. Uh, Try Little Tenderness yeah. was uh, Pretty in pain
2: A show-stopping scene.
1: Isn't this Try Little? Oh, yes. this isn't.
6: Yes. Oh,
1: but oh. well, what are you saying, Max Banner? Oh, you said that the original song, like, I think that song
3: was in Pretty and Pink. So I'm saying Tri Little Tenderness was in Pretty and Pink. Yeah. And then in the actual recording, Booker T and the MGs are playing are, back, are playing the music. And it was arranged by Isaac
1: Hayes. Damn. Oh, that. Yeah. They cannot like this shit. All right. Anyway, you do miss Otis. Uh, do you have
4: that at your wedding? <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> there was a um, God. There was one of those ktel compilations. Oh, yeah. You guys remember those yeah. KTEL of compilation whatever, yeah. commercials? There was one from the seventies where they they do all that stupid stuff where they get all the different actors. They go Frankie Valley, I love them.
4: I haven't heard them forever.
1: Right? They do that. But there's one where I think the guy went. My dad said to come in and turn down the stereo And I said, but Dad, it's Otis
4: <laughs> I remember that
1: and, um, But I, it must have been like Some kind of mid-70s k sort of compilation thing Alright, so Wait, what are we listening to now? Just a palate cleanser, this is Otis mm.
6: Mm. Oh, she may be weary
0: This is, this is a song Yeah <laughs>
6: Young girls, they do get weary
1: Another one. <laughs> yeah. I should... I know I always say this, but shouldn't we get a classic like George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words and then he <laughs> just, yeah, goes his routine and I'll go, yeah! You go, ha-ha! Ha! ha ha You're the best. What he said. And then I'll just release it. <laughs> yeah. No, make That's millions. Good. And people will go, it's funny! Yeah! Go, George yeah, Carlin's yeah, yeah.
4: featuring Adam
1: Carolla. <laughs> 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 right. All right. So uh, we have... Uh, that Whitman clip we always uh, love to play about uh, him doing the uh, morning radio mm-hmm. DJ, and he mentions a DJ that has now mentioned Dawson's music, I think. What? That's the circle of life. Yeah, this, it's worlds colliding. Um, I noticed this when
0: he first did it on the air, and I thought, holy smokes, I followed Jim McInnes on the radio for, for years in San Diego and years in Santa Barbara. And I sent him an advance copy you of the record. You followed him,
1: meaning you went after him. Yes. Yeah. He did
0: afternoons, and I did uh,
1: 7 to Midnight. That's another old and new thing, following oh, somebody. Action. There's a guy who works the early shift in the factory, mm-hmm. and then right. you come in to make the wagon yeah. wheels, and now there's following
2: Or you follow Twitter. him on Twitter, exactly.
0: Right. So uh, Jim is now on a radio station called KPRI in San Diego. He does a specialty show called The Vinyl Resting Place. Ooh. and he asked if I would send him a copy of the new record, and I did. And then he said, okay, I'm playing this all over the place, and this Saturday night he's going to play the first single from my band called Circling the Drain, 8 p.m. Saturday night, KPR on San Diego or on iHeartRadio. Just search Res Radio. But I thought it would be nice
1: just to go back Dawson. and take a listen to Whitman. And, uh, and- We will. But you got to do that, recreate the scene out of that thing you do where you just Mm -hmm. run down your sidewalk in North Hollywood and stop a bunch of Armenians and Mexicans and pull the radio up and they're like, okay, and then one guy pulls a knife on you.
2: An old appliance store, there's a TV in the window. That's
1: right. Do that. All right, should we listen to uh, oh, yeah.
0: our yeah. favorite so, Whitman? So listen closely. This is the collection of all of the radio stations he ever worked on. And uh, the great Jim McInnes is mentioned.
7: Ocean City, Maryland. It was right. hot and I heard da da, nine, da 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 100 khi with the hitman of the border bringing the hits and hitting them hard. Straight up nine o'clock, W-E-B-E-F-M. Bridgeport, Weeby-108, no right. No heart stuff and no sleepy elevator music. Because uh, Vesi Parmesan at Hot 106, the tunes in Rhode Island, is a very, very humble guy. But I was out there spinning tunes stop back-to-back on a two for Tuesday. Probably at 101 KGB, San Diego's real classic rock. Oh my goodness, it's Jim McGinnis coming up next with 12 in a row on WOKY, the jam in Milwaukee. It's the guy in Milwaukee doing the talkie-talkie. When I was at XERB in Playa de Rosarito, did you ever call my bed check? I did it overnight, the bed check with backside. The overnights? No, I was doing it. It looks 711. <laughs> Murphy in the midday, and here's Martika. Step by step, heart to heart. Right. You know, Toy right. Soldiers, right. Man. right? It was hotter than a firecracker. I was right. on the buzz. Remember? Right. The cus-
1: the cus- cousin night. Brucey, WCBS, yeah. uh, the clown. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
7: I did that. Yeah, the way it was a hot station. It was um, It was an event. Mm-hmm. It was an event. I was on that Power 99 and Hot Ladder.
1: Power yeah. 99. All right. Well, I got. Power 99. <laughs> and the part B from pepperoni. I still want to hear the part B. I, I still got to hear the Florida one yeah. now because every time that thing comes up, and, it just makes me laugh.
2: And shotgun Tom being a close <clears> personal friend.
1: Oh, yeah, he's got, he's seven got, local, <laughs>
2: he's
1: got seven local Emmy. <laughs> that's right. Jaws <laughs> <all> programming. programming. <laughs> <all children's> programming. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have to be from radio to think that's funny? It makes I me laugh. Not. All right, we'll uh, we'll see if Dawson can uh, pull up that clip. I just got to double check it's the right one. Stay by. All right.
2: Hey, well, while that's happening, I don't know if you saw the, I I sent a a picture over. Um, You know, the the homeless population in the valley is getting a lot more creative,
5: Mm -hmm. a
2: lot more um, forward, I guess, entitled. I don't know what the right word is. But, Kaylin, do you have that picture I sent over? This is on the underpass at Coldwater.
1: Coldwater and um, the like, freeway. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right freeway. by the uh, Hugo's Tacos.
1: Yeah, so just so uh, <laughs> just so people understand, um, that part of Studio City, Coldwater, Ventura, Ventura Freeway in that area, I used to the Party House used to be yeah, right there. Sure, um, medians. Price house in that neighborhood, single family home is 1.65. I'm glad you said that because I was
4: thinking, like, that's where Harvard Westlake is. That's that's a pricey part of town. No, it is a very pricey part of town.
1: Oh, there are plenty of houses over three million bucks within three blocks.
2: Where do you think I go walking? That's not where I live. That's where I walk. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of lean tos and shanties under that. Uh, overpass, And then one gentleman has a sign that says, donate $1 or more to the United Negro Fried Chicken Fund. Help feed a Negro tonight. You can be a hero, feed a Negro, and then his cash app. <laughs> wow. And wow. you know what? Let's give it out. God bless him. Uh, it looks like it's Why a dollar sign. Out? UNFCF. Why
4: not?
1: Why not? Let's... Um... Let's give him some positive reinforcement. <laughs>
4: this guy's going to wake up tomorrow <laughs> to, to motor box in his accounts.
1: You know, that's nothing
0: new. I was in Berkeley once and hanging out with my brother. We came outside of, uh, of a pizza place and there was a, a, uh, uh older African-American gentleman with uh, chicken bones tied in his hair and he had a sign that said, please donate to the United Negro Pizza Fund. Oh, boy. And this was 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah so... Uh... You know, he stole that creativity. Yeah. The- All right. Do we have uh, we have that clip?
7: The reason I come here is to inspire people having a tough time getting out of bed of the boredom. And if you think I am intimidated by your midday television, Miami, Emmy. I work in South Florida. I worked at number one Y100 Fort Lauderdale, Miami in the pub. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you something. I have many personal friends with Shotgun Time Kelly. And that man has six Daytime Emmy Awards from local programming in San Diego. All kids shows. Because that man has a heart and a big hat. But he wants to raise those kids because the parents sometimes, sadly, aren't around to do themselves. <laughs> sadly. All right. Let's talk
1: to uh, Jack, 36, Long Beach. Jack.
7: Hi, Adam. Hi, uh, guy. This time, long time. What's going on? Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Not much. I just got a new job uh, and have been driving a Kia Sportage for 10 years, Ooh. which has treated me really well, but I grew up driving a stick shift and I want to get something good. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of tall. I just wanted to see what you'd what you? Uh, what advice you had,
4: Jack? Can't stop humblebragging. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. <He is> for it. <laughs> tall, <laughs> tall. Um, New job. You you want a stick shift?
7: Uh, ideally, yeah. I got to tell I you, it might be a little impossible.
1: Well, here you want to get something newish. You're talking about.
7: I'm looking to leave. Yeah, All I right. got a couple of nickels to run, well, run this together, is, but not this a, is
1: not a, This is interesting. Because the stick shift has now become rich man, poor man.
2: Oh, sure. Because Classic cars. They don't and, yeah. make
1: Camrys or Honda Accords with stick right. shift. true. You can go, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you can go a couple directions. You can go, you know, old uh, farmer driving, mm-hmm. old three on the tree, you know, Ford F100, 1964. You know, you right. can go old school stick shift. But if you want to go to the top of the food chain, and you're ordering a new loaded Porsche GT3, they will come with a stick shift, like seven speed or something now, because they've realized that the resale market is so much higher, even for the brand new sports cars, if they have a stick shift in them. People look at it as authentic Mm, and old school and whatever, but it is kind of rich man, poor man. They will have, I think... I I don't know if the new T50 or whatever that McLaren guy is, um, whatever. The point is, is if you are going to order a brand new loaded Mm $300,000 sports car, you would opt and they will give you a manual shift option in a lot of these cars. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if you're driving a Camry or an Accord or whatever, Kia Sportage, it's it's not an option or you go all the way down to old pickup truck or my mom's VW squareback. So uh, either of those should
2: be fine. for You've you
1: inspired Jack. a rich man, poor man. I don't know that you're going to find anything new with a stick shift that's not super high end. Mm. Don't
2: they do? I mean, I have no well, idea. Do they do like chargers or Mustangs or anything with like now with stick shifts.
1: I do uh, Maxipatic and look, I don't know a ton about uh, Mopar. The Gordon uh, Murray has a six speed manual. All right. That's, that's the Murray. that's the new five million dollar supercar. That's the oh. guy who invented the McLaren. Jack, oh, okay. you get a Jonathan really good McLaren. job?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is the old job, Jack? And what Not is the new that job? Good. What is the old job? What is the new job?
7: I'm a programmer. Um Ooh. and I've been I've been doing startup stuff that, you know, trying to launch businesses and it so it hasn't paid a whole lot of money. Uh now I'm I'm work I'm about to start working for someone else, so I'm gonna you know have a decent paycheck to and stuff
1: cash like in. That. You know, I'm going with Gina Grad in the car department because she's right there you could probably get a newish Camaro, a newish Corvette, certainly a newish Mustang and uh mm-hmm. also a newish let's see, the Euros going to be more expensive. But yeah, I yeah, you're probably right a Charger or Challenger probably has that too. I know Mustang does. But to lease,
2: that might for some reason that seems tricky.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I was wrong. I think you can like go that. find a good Mustang and get the Mustang Bullet. Man, that thing kicks ass! Well,
2: and just so we're sure, you weren't wrong about gay culture or musicals or kittens. You were wrong about a car, car thing that I had to correct. You're right. You great. You're right,
1: but it takes a big man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jack. Um, yeah. Also, on CarCast, we're talking to the uh, guy who heads the division of Ford Electrical. And Ford, this I found exquisitely interesting. The new Ford F-150, that's their biggest selling mm-hmm. pickup truck. Everyone sure. knows the Ford F-150. Um, the new Ford F-150 is called the Lightning. It's the one President Biden yeah. was driving the around the other day. Okay. It was it made the news. Mm-hmm. He went down to Ford and he was trying out the right. new electric car. So here is an interesting game changer in the electric car. So everyone does this thing where they're like, "How long does a car take to charge? Sure. Uh, what's the range?" Mm-hmm. You know, and then we want to know towing capacity and stuff for for trucks. Right. You know, but listen to this interesting game changer. Ford has figured out. Okay, we're going to do a Ford F one hundred and fifty. We'll do it electric. Not not like the Elon Musk sort of spaceship, mm-hmm. but we'll do like a... Because Ford, probably the number one selling truck in the world is probably the Ford F-150. And every guy who works on a construction site, that's his weapon of choice, right. that Ford F-150. Now, they make 250s and 350 dualies and they make a smaller Ranger, but it's like that Ford F-150. Mm-hmm. That's been the leader in the marketplace for a long time. And they said, okay, it's an electric car. But... What if it was not only electric truck, but you could charge all your battery-operated tools That's off of the batteries on the truck?
4: Value-added, for sure. Wow!
1: So yeah. think about that. A lot of construction sites. Let's say you're building a cabin. There's no electricity mm-hmm. there. How are you going to run a generator? A generator? How yeah. are you going to charge the batteries on your impact driver, your drill, or whatever it is? So the first thing they did was they said, let's have you be able to run your generator Uh, or, sorry, run your air compressor, Mm -hmm. let's say, out in the woods, Mm -hmm. and you could fire your nail gun that way. And I was like, oh, that's smart. That makes sense. It's a work truck. But I was having this thought when I was driving in before I uh, interviewed him. I thought I was hearing news stories about, oh, be prepared this summer, California, rolling blackouts. There's going to be rolling blackouts. Of course. The new Ford F-150 Lightning, you plug it in to charge it. If your power goes out, oh, the truck down. will run your fucking house. Oh, okay. oh, oh wow. I did
4: not think of that. That's pretty. That's
2: and
1: I was like, really? I it's mean, like have... a,
4: it's like an external whole, whole home battery, right? Yes. Wow. And I was
1: like, that's pretty badass. Now look, you got to get an inverter. There's like some shit you can't just yeah, plug it you're in, a in a wall for that, socket. You're in for a penny, and for a pound. Right. You get that? I, he said it'll run everything for like two to three days. Uh-huh. That's insane. And, and then when badass. the power comes back on, it'll start charging the truck again. And I thought that. That's a fucking game changer and right this, there. And
2: this is huge because I heard this whole, I don't know, some news podcast about this electric car. And they said, but, but you know, dudes who, they didn't say dudes, but people who have an F-150 aren't generally interested in like the electric vibe and it doesn't have the car, you know, the, the yeah, sound. I mean, this but practical. this is the reason. This yeah. is the game changer.
4: And well. the, the aforementioned cabin example, what if you're at, at, you're at the lake, at the mountain cabin camping at a tailgate? You know what I mean? This is right. This is your life. That's the front.
1: Yeah, the the, wow. the there, there used to be an engine That's in the they, yeah. they call it a a frunk. I think it's a trunk in yeah. the front. Isn't that cute? And then I said to him, <laughs> "I'm gonna have a long discussion with my son." Sales just went down. <laughs> which is, you would like to drive something with a frunk because uh, Ferrari has a frunk. It's mm-hmm. a mid-engine. Sure, the yeah, trunk is in right? the front. A Lamborghini like has, has a has a a Porsche. Right. Uh, the Ford Lightning has the frunk. I said, "You want." a frunk like that's what you want in your life but you steer clear of the gun see right now your daddy has a gun and no frunk
5: oh
4: you want to trade the, the gun
1: in for the frunk
4: yeah don't get a confused they're don't they're not, I please, to to ever
1: long for a gun long for a frunk so uh <laughs> i was like oh my god you could just run you could just plug <laughs> it yep, in and you run and then matt the moderator who hosted the show with me said you could even um, – you could charge your truck during o- off-peak hours mm-hmm. sure. and then run your house off it off of peak hours.
5: Right.
4: Oh, so you're saving money on that because you're getting like, the cheap energy. That when you there's using not the an
2: emergency. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. then think
1: about – like I was picturing Mike August. Mike August would go to the Costco, mm-hmm. plug it in, and charge it at the Costco for free, and then bring it home and run his house off it every day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the possibilities yeah i just thought oh we'd always thought about the electricity sort of flowing mm-hmm. one way and you know range and shit like that never thought about the vehicle Damn. charging
2: so are you on the wait list uh is there a wait it list? only takes
1: it's a hundred dollar deposit so matt just put one in oh, and it's good. fine but not too shabby that is very right? cool. yeah it's a cool idea and otherwise it's the the battery wall, which is fifty grand, and the whole, and then it's the generators and things like that. This is this is this is a game changer. All right, Danny. Uh, speaking of rock and roll, has a question, Danny, forty three, Virginia. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Hey, uh, Adam, uh, so I, I know you're not that big into metal, but, uh, you know, I've always been into uh, the band Iron Maiden, sadly another band that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame won't recognize. But was mm. wondering what your most rocking albums would be. I guess, you know, Gina and, and, uh, and Ball and, and Dawson have uh, any contributions, but, like, what, what album would you say, you know, that's not metal, but would, like, really your most rocking album that you can think of? I'm going to start... Mm-hmm. With uh, what I believe to not necessarily be the best rock band of all time, but the rockinest band okay. of all time, in Deep Purple. Oh
2: sure. Um, well, there you go.
1: Their best, their their big album or their best of album is called Deepest Purple.
2: hmm Makes and sense. And it's got
1: all the <laughs> checks out. It's got all the hits on it. Max Patta, do you have, remember we were looking at uh, Burn played with like the London Philharmonic or something oh, yeah. and just how much that rocked? Um, I'm going to say uh, UFO's live album. Going oh, for deeper cuts good. here. That's I think good. it's... Doss is that called "Strangers in the Night"? What is that uh, UFO live album? Tons of hits. You've probably heard most of them, but it's a little bit of a deeper cut.
2: My friend Lindsay will be so excited. Her dad, Andy Parker, is the
4: drummer.
1: Oh, love me, wow. love me some UFO. Damn. And then, let um,
4: work this out ahead of
0: time. I'll just <laughs> yeah, strangers in the before. night
1: live. Yeah, it's a good live album. And then I'll just go to an easy one. I'll just go to Boston's first album. Mm. Not heavy metal, but rocking enough for me. Danny. Yeah.
4: Danny, here's my top three. Excuse me. Here's the top three. Oh, boy. Use your illusion two. Use your (laughs) illusion one. Appetite for destruction
2: in that order.
1: Wow. Oh, my God. Gina, thoughts?
2: I I was, I mean, I've been. Is it weird? And in some way, does it make perfect sense that the two performers I've seen most live in concert are Dolly Parton and Kiss? (laughs) Don't you see that there's like some crossover there? Yeah, performance. I don't know. I would think, I mean, maybe 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 dynasty maybe god not unmasked probably a kiss album because i've seen them so many fucking times
1: a kiss album
2: yeah just i mean
1: thank you for your input no but
2: listen i am young I'm young. I'm much younger than all that's of you. Sure, the
4: whole airhead past you. And to buy. here's
2: the thing: in my day, we didn't listen to whole albums. I'm mm. I'm a millennial, oh, the yeah, Spotify right, generation. Right, yeah. How that's could right. I know?
1: Well, we listened to wax cylinders back when I was getting started. <laughs> Danny, okay,
2: fine. Joni Mitchell, uh, uh, Blue. Does that count as a rock album? She no, does, does. A hard
1: rock. Um, I want to hear Dawson's. <laughs>
0: yeah, Dawson. Sorry. Uh, I I I love metal, but I love Metallica, early Metallica, anything before the Black Album. Uh, I am a fan of Maiden, but uh, you want to get into the Norwegian dark stuff, do we? check out a band called Turbo Negro.
1: Wow. Great wow. band. Yeah. Great band. Are they, C- can we, we donate them. to or mm-hmm. they have a website? They have a cash Some app? Cash app. All right, Danny, I feel like you got a lot of suggestions there. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love the show. Big fan. Love have you. Have a good one. All right. Do we have a Deep Purple Playing with uh, not, the I, Philharmonic. I remember having trouble finding that last time too. I I have a whole
3: concert with the London Symphony Orchestra. Um, that sounds
1: but, like we're getting warm.
3: Yeah, but Burn is not on the track list. Ooh. So I wonder if there's like a even older different what hmm. year or maybe
1: a made broadcast. I saw it on like PBS or yeah. something like eight it. years ago or yeah, something. So it
3: was probably here. I'll put up the tracklist. Maybe you're thinking of a different song.
1: Mmm, thinking of Burn Let's see Do you remember I, I will accept uh, Highway Star
2: Oh I love that song Oh That's not a Welcome
1: Smoke on the water Pictures at home I wonder, wonder why um, And this is the full This is the <clears throat> full concert So I wonder if Maybe, hmm. maybe start a different there. one That you see hmm. Yeah Maybe Alright We'll just listen to the beginning Of Highway Star anyway Hey Chris maybe a tall order. Oh, but this is rock and roll buddy. You want to rock everyone Saturday night? Yeah you think you could pull this note off? <laughs> it's coming. and drum here.
6: All
1: right. Chris, you think you can learn this
3: by Saturday? Uh, I, I think I'll just stick with my Tyler, the creator cover. <laughs> Are you
0: familiar with the song Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple Boss? Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know. I love that show. Me too. This is... They also, coming full circle... Covered Neil Diamond's "Kentucky Woman." Oh shit! As we all know, did you know that Dawson? I did not. You didn't know Deep Purple covered "Kentucky Woman." <laughs> not that. Not that you should hang your head. How dare you? Did this get spins on the radio?
0: Yes. Can you
1: remember? Hey, Chris. Remember yeah. My name? Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. Purple Rock. I don't know. I don't think I heard this on Cantaloupe back in the day. There's a There's a kick in just a, a, a,
0: another minute or so. You'll you should recognize it when it gets when they get to their chorus. A more time. Oh, maybe.
1: I'm pretty much if I don't know it in the first ten notes, I don't I don't know it. See this is I got into a big argument with one of my friends
0: about the whole don't bore us, get to the chorus. Uh-huh. And I said, man, this would have been such a much better song if they got to this part in the first minute. Mm-hmm. But this next part coming up makes the song. <laughs>
1: Almost there hang on well maybe I'll know it from like a Subaru commercial oh, you're, you're
6: if you all yeah
1: Yeah, it sounds a little familiar in there, but it's it's a sequence that's a little familiar. All right.
2: I thought he was going to do "Stand Tall on the Wings of a Dream.
1: But no. Do you have a Kentucky woman? Dawson, you're going to know Deep Purple's Kentucky Woman. All right, let me hit uh, Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security. Their founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen because uh, their friends had uh, a home break-in problem and uh, they wanted to solve it. Making people feel safe is what Simply Safe has been doing ever since that moment 15 years ago. A passion to protect people drives their engineering, all the details, and it motivates every interaction they have with customers. Simply Safe. Has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them during a fire, burglary, medical uh, emergency, or just when you're setting up the system. You uh, go with Simply Safe, right, Dawson? To learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family, visit simplysafe.com/Adam
0: today to customize your system and to get a free security camera. That's
1: simplysafe.com/Adam today. Oh, bad news! We found Byrne from the uh, Royal Albert Hall, 2014, with the orchestra.
4: I imagine the concert was, you know, two hours, and they had to fit so much on the album.
1: So I, it's probably a separate, probably a separate album. I think. Well, th- yeah, this
3: is for John Lord, the keyboardist. It was a memorial concert that they threw for him in 2014. So they had a.
1: Uh. I turn this up so goddamn loud in my house. Yeah, let rock! Give yeah. me So much better with the orchestra. Orchestra together for Saturday, man. This is killer. Okay. There had to be some like twenty-three-year-old Chinese chick playing the cello, going, "What the fuck are we? <laughs> what, what are we doing again?" The fucking conductor looks like he's having a good time.
2: Oh yeah, he didn't get this chance very often.
1: This would have been a killer concert to be at.
2: I like that move.
1: White people rock <laughs> Hey, we should put this on that video series about black people hearing white songs for the first time ever. Oh yeah, those
4: yeah. two kids. Reaction videos. All
1: right, just 20 more seconds. <laughs> it's the greatest rock song of all time in my my mind. CJ Khaled, when you need him, right? Like pointing at the oboe guy. I
2: feel like
1: something's missing. <laughs> yeah, a talented sack, sack of shit wandering out on stage and pointing at people. Yeah.
2: Very specific skill.
1: Oh, yeah. He's like Liam Neeson. Yeah. I fucking love me some keyboards. There's nothing like guys who can play,
5: right?
1: Sorry, audience, we have to hear the whole song. I love this fucking song so much. right before the end damn big crescendo yeah. got coming. chills at that ending fucking how hard do those guys rock with sweet. that orchestra behind them mm. alright so go, go uh, check it. out uh, Deep Purple alright did you hear Kentucky Woman Dawson did you know it I did not know they did this,
0: mm. All right. oh. this Neil Diamond oh yeah This is how you cover a song
1: (laughs) Do you know this one, Gina? No You know the Neil No, I don't Oh This is a hit
2: But this sounds very Dawson
6: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah You know it, right?
1: All right We're only going to do 20 minutes on Deep Purple.
6: (laughs) I think we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jonathan Taplin is here speaking of music. I told you, he's done it all and been there and done that way back in the day and still doing it. So we'll talk to him right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you've got so much to do already. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.
0: It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey Adam, I got a rich man, poor man for you.
1: Pushing your car out of the garage, uh, you could either be pushing your pre-war 37 Bugatti with white gloves out of the garage to get some sun, or you have to push the 87 Monte Carlo
0: because the of blocks non-tires in the front yard, you know, and you're slumming it. All right, have a good one.
1: You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. I'll do you one better. I think it's not you pushing your car. It's three dudes pushing you. Because being pushed. Because if you watch F1, when they get out of the pits, those guys are pushing them because they have no low-end yep, yep. torque. Or if you go to the vintage races I go to, right. and those guys get out of the paddock. They're being pushed out there versus bump-starting your pickup truck. Jonathan Taplin is here. The Magic Year, Scenes from a Rock and Roll Life. It's available now on Amazon. Jonathan, you must have been very young when you were around all these Bob Dylans and the bands and the Janis Joplins of the world.
8: Yeah, I, I, I had just graduated from high school in 18 and was on my way to Princeton and I went to the Newport Folk Festival in 1965. And through a series of coincidences, got to meet Bob Dylan's manager and eventually ended up working for Bob Dylan many years later. But worked for Albert Grossman, who was Dylan's manager, for many years. And, and that was, of course, the year that Dylan decided to go electric at the mm, Newport Folk yeah. Festival and caused a huge ruckus.
1: Yeah, it's weird. We think ruckuses are new because right. of social media, but that caused a big one to go from the folk to the electric.
2: A lot of pearl clutching.
1: Uh, lots of pearl clutching. Well, more like uh, tie dye cuff- right, clutching. Right, right. Did uh, so? What was all these people the Janis Joplin's of the world or the Bob Dylans of the world like? What were they like to get along with? Because I feel like nobody would really know that better. I remember we were talking to a guy. Who worked with Morrissey. And uh, I said, I heard he could be a little difficult. And he said, No, not really. He was a pretty regular guy. And <laughs> then he paused. Every story. And then he paused and he went, Well, one time <laughs> we were driving to a theater where we had a gig and he saw on the marquee that his name was misspelled and he said, Keep driving. And we never, we never did the gig. And Otherwise, thought, well, that, that could be considered a, a little temperamental. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yes. salt of the earth. Mm-hmm.
8: Well, you know, they, in general, they were pretty steady people to work because they're just trying to get on stage and do the work. But occasionally, I remember in 1970, we were on a a train trip across Canada called the Festival Express. And it was a day between each gig on a private train, which had two bar cars. And Janice and Rick Danko and Jerry Garcia were kind of the the party animals, Mm. and at some point the dead ran out of pot. Uh Uh-oh. And so they started tapping into Janice's supply of southern comfort. Mm -hmm. And somewhere west of Calgary, we ran out of southern comfort, at which point Janice said, you have to stop this train and restock the bar. (laughs) Now, we're in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So the conductor says, well, there's an Indian – Reservation up here ahead, and maybe they have a, a a liquor store. And so they stopped at this tiny. Little, there wasn't even a way to get off the train. And we we took we took a collection, got five hundred bucks, went in, and sure enough, there was a liquor store. And sure enough, they had Southern Comfort oh, and they God. had Jack Daniels and they had lots of beer. And we came <laughs> all, back to the train heroic. <laughs> And partied on all oh. the
1: way to Winnipeg. <laughs> oh my God! Did I, I know people were in different states in terms of inebriation when they hit the stage? But they they seem to be able to pull it off. Yeah, by and large, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Well, I only sing when I'm drunk, sure. so maybe maybe it helps. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> you know? I'm the man
2: of your caliber. yeah. yeah.
1: The thing that. You know, amazed
8: me most is you know I did the concert for Bangladesh. I produced that for George Harrison. Love and, George Harrison. Uh, Eric Clapton showed up a few days late, missed most of the rehearsals, and you know was that old...
1: in Central Park? Where was no, that? it was
8: in Madison Square Garden. Oh, Madison it was, Square it Garden. Was two, oh, that's right. Two shows, and Eric was seriously addicted to heroin. And somehow he managed to get on stage in a very stoned out state and play beautifully. He said he made a huge mistake at one point. Hmm. It, he picked up the wrong guitar to play the guitar solo for As My Guitar Gently Weeps, this you know, which is his yeah. classic yeah. solo. And he picked up this big hollow body Gretsch. I don't know if you guys know anything about yeah, music, yeah. but it, it was just the wrong guitar. Sure. Yeah. But he only realized it like, Four bars into the song, so he couldn't switch guitars, and he just powered through it somehow. So, you know, I mean, I tell some stories about a lot of, you know, Janice was would bounce back and forth between heroin and liquor, and you know, she didn't mean to kill herself. I know that to be true, uh, but. Because you leave it and come back and leave it and come back, you you don't know the strength of sure. what you're doing, and then people get into trouble.
4: Well, two two things. One, one that reminds me of one of my favorite moments from the last waltz, which also involves Eric Clapton and a guitar mishap when he picks up the guitar and it breaks, and he's and he's and in he, he, a now I don't know if you guys can find this moment. It, it might be on YouTube, it might not. He goes, Rob, and Robbie Robertson like notices and just blisteringly plays the solo like he, yeah. he he picks it up without even missing a note it's
8: it's it's one it's of the awesome great moment. moments in that movie i produced that movie as you know and and uh uh i think that that was eric and robbie having an old-fashioned guitar duel It was pretty sweet and uh actually you know eric being the guitar god uh and by that time he was totally straight you know mm. uh But his strap did come off, and Robbie picked up, and Robbie played the best solo I think Robbie has ever played in his life. It seemed
4: planned. Like, it was such a moment where it was like, oh, "Oh, here we go. It wasn't planned at all.
8: And and the point is, you can see Eric grinning, okay, and then Eric comes in once he's got his (laughs) strap back and, and does another blistering solo and kind of. Gets up to Robbie's level. It was a really great a great moment.
4: My other question about Janice Joplin, I don't know if you know this. Maybe you have some insight. They have been trying for years, decades to make a biopic about Janice Joplin. Oh, Melissa Etheridge was attached back in the early <clears throat> 90s. Do you have any idea if that's ever going to come to fruition? I,
8: I have no idea. I know that the, her family is very tough with that thing, mm. you know, in the same way sure. that, you know – Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace didn't come out until she died. Sure. So, I mean, it's one of those things. Well, Sometimes if, I'm, people if, are
2: if I'm not mistaken, there's been a Broadway musical. Oh, Star- of Janice. Of Janice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're cool with that.
8: Yeah. I, I don't know why there has yeah. never been made a
1: movie. It you – know? First off, just feels like an Academy Award waiting for whatever actress. What I was going to say, yeah. Yes. Because, bad. of
8: course, you always win for being either a drunk or a junkie or something. That's what I tell my son that every night. <laughs> <now laughs> you want to be a winner? winner.
1: <laughs> Join the cool kids. Yeah, and uh, how did The Last Waltz come about? And we know Scor- Scorsese, one of his earlier films, but it's a documentary. We don't think of Scorsese in, in doc form. But how did that all come together? So,
8: so Um, when I left the rock and roll business after Bangladesh, I came out here to California and a friend of mine, Jay Cox said, when you're out there, look up this kid, Marty Scorsese. He's a film editor. He edited part of Woodstock and Mm. he loves music. He's just a music fan. So I came out here and I was so naive. I didn't know you weren't supposed to invest your own money in movies. So I financed and produced a movie called Mean Streets, which was Marty's first major sure. film with De Niro and Kytel. And so when Robbie said to me, OK, we're going to call it a day and we're going to have this final concert on Thanksgiving in 1975 and we're going to get all our friends, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Paul Butterfield, you know, Bob Dylan, everybody, and – We should make a film of this. And I said, absolutely. So I said, well, Marty would be really pissed if we didn't at least offer it to him, (laughs) even though he's in the middle of making New York, New York. I mean, he was literally 10 weeks into a 20-week shoot. And so we went to see him, and he said, I'm doing this. (laughs) And he said, it just so happens that the movie business considers Thanksgiving a real holiday. So they break... At noon on a Wednesday, and you don't have to be back till Monday morning. So we've got five days essentially mm-hmm. where we can go up to San Francisco. We can do this, and it's only one night. And I'll get all my pals, all my cinematographer pals, and we'll just do it. And so we did, you know. And um, it came off really well. I have a kind of funny story to tell. Sure, sure. please. So, We edited on a chem, you know, which is a small little editing bench. It was 35-millimeter film. Mm -hmm. wasn't video in those days. And we finished the rough cut of the film and we said, "Okay, let's invite all the musicians and all their managers and everything. And we'll go screen it at the big MGM Cary Grant Theater, which is the biggest throw in all Hollywood. And so we showing the film and everybody's just totally digging it and we get to Neil Young's song called Helpless mm-hmm. and he starts to sing and about a minute in this huge rock of cocaine oh, comes right. out of his nose
6: <laughs>
5: and comes down
8: onto his mustache <laughs> and we never seen it before You're this looking at it shirt. on a small yeah. little monitor right, right. And, and, so, and his manager is sitting right in front of me just sinking down <laughs> under. The so when he when it was all over, he said, well, I guess you got to take Neil out of the film you know, because everybody in the crowd was laughing and everything and it was not the response we wanted. <laughs> so he said, well, give me a few days. So I went over to Pacific Title, which is an old-fashioned optical house and I showed it to this 68-year-old guy. And he put it on a moviola with a magnifying glass. I said, this guy's got a booger in his nose and it's really irritating, you know. Oh, sure. And the the guy said, whoa, that's a beaut. He (laughs) said, well, give me a few days and come back. And I came back two days later and he said, well, we've invented this thing called the traveling booger mat. (laughs) And we're going to refilm every frame of this thing and every time the little dot, Wow. Booger moves. I'll move this little black dot over it and reshoot CGI. the frame. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it cost me $10,000 to
4: get to the take Coke out. More that. <laughs> Jesus. The Coke itself cost less.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I never, told his manager that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard that one before. That's, That's so great. interesting. Because I was going to say, back then, they didn't have the ability to yeah. fix that no, kind of stuff. No, no, nothing. <laughs> but he did. That's now, great. could we... Um, would we see it if we saw the film and we we're like, no, looking you can't for it? see it all. They did a really good job. <laughs> wow, and that's such a perfect story because yeah, you're, those monitors you're in the edit bay with are eight inches across right. diagonally, right. and then all of a sudden it's on a eighty foot screen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, for you, God, what a, did you understand? I mean, I guess nobody does. Did you know what was going on when it was going on? I mean, you're. In between, you know, Janice Joplin, was she just Janice to you, or did you go, Oh my god, I'm right in the middle of the, the most incredible period of time in music ever? Jimi
8: Hendrix. I, I, was,
1: I was thrilled to be involved
8: in it. And you know, my father had wanted me to be a lawyer, and I, I wanted to join the circus, you know, so I was.
4: That's what I said between being
6: a manager. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
8: you know, I mean, in the sense that. Being around Dylan, you know, I, I don't think I realized how important that Newport set was in 1965 when he really broke with the Fokies. Um, I think, you know, Bangladesh was just one of those incredible things that that raised awareness of an issue that nobody had ever thought about before. Um, the Last Waltz worked great. Mm. So I, I think – I had a sense that there was great music being made, and then later, great movies being made, and and so I think it was a, a particularly cool time. I, I think it was also a fairly idealistic time, in the sense that, in the early sixties, at least, the music was very. The times they are a changing. Mm. We shall overcome. Uh, I have a dream. You know, it was very aspirational, hopeful. And sometimes when I look at our pop culture post nine eleven, I worry, you know, in the sense of I think about television, for instance, what are the big shows? Sopranos, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, you know, Succession. What do they all have in common? Is a jerk as a hero, right? A bad right. person. Antihero, yeah. An antihero. Who basically believes the world is totally corrupt and I'm going to succeed in the midst of that corruption. And I think if you keep feeding people that message, they'll begin to – Absorb it. You know, it's
4: interesting—is how many of Scorsese's movies, especially recently, but it's throughout throughout his canon, have had a great but an anti-hero. You know, from Taxi Driver to The Wolf of Wall Street, and Goodfellas, everything in between, Casino. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
8: it's it's worrisome in the sense that I think culture has a an, a kind of necessity to lift people up a little bit sometimes.
1: Not all the time, but well, sometimes. Well, speaking of one of the good ones, um, I was thinking uh, – George Harrison. I'm a, I like his solo stuff right. probably the best out of all, all the Beatles. Um, what was he like? He was fabulous. He, he I mean he really walked the
8: walk. I mean, he meditated for an hour every day wherever he was. He would close the door and you couldn't disturb him no matter what emergency was happening. He ate vegetarian. He was very gentle. He never screamed at people. Uh, and he liked, like you,
1: he liked very fast cars. I know. I think he helped sponsor some F1 or something back in the day. I'm trying to think of if it was uh, Jackie. uh am trying to think of who he sponsored. When we, you, you know, he, it. Yeah, maybe it was well, Jackie Stewart. This
4: yeah, so, the second time you've been corrected you know, on the yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: racing I thing by a <laughs> Jackie
2: um, <laughs> He won't let you.
4: He won't yes. give that to you.
8: When, when I was we... trying to build up your confidence. Right? <laughs> I
4: appreciate
8: that. You know, he and, and Ringo and John came to the Isle of Wight where I brought Dylan to do this big show in England in '69. And when it was over, he said, Why don't you come to my house and we'll hang out for a while? And so. I – we took a private hovercraft across back to – Of course. And when we get to the dock, there's a Mercedes-Benz with a V12 engine. Uh, It was like a four-door sedan (laughs) but with a V12 engine. And it was fairly late at night by the time we got there. And there was no driver, just George. He wanted to drive. Mm -hmm. And we got out on the M4 – and he took it up to about 180 kilometers
1: per wow. hour. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he... I I saw the documentary about him semi-recently.
4: Martin Scorsese directed it. Oh, yeah, Living right. in the Material World, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About the one?
1: Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it had uh, the Bangladesh concert and everything yeah. in it. But He
4: also he, did a documentary about Dylan.
6: Yeah. Right. Yeah. There
1: you go. Yeah, and I... in some point, Chris, maybe you can find it out, but... Um, he was hanging around with some F one guys, or or chumming around with some uh, F one. Is big in Europe. F one sure. uh, is sort of soccer. You know, we it's we have huge. NASCAR here, but it's I think soccer is the biggest sport in the world, and F one is number two. So we talk football and baseball here, but worldwide, especially right. especially in Europe. So he had that. He was friends with Jackie Stewart. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, oh and, and Ronnie you. Peterson.
2: Embarrassing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I got the jam. I said that I, I, Ronnie Peterson, I think, died in a fire. I believe we anyway. we were once on
8: European tour and and took three days off to go to the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, and wow! And, and this guy Victor Lowndes, had a a suite right above this one turn where they they come down slow from about 120 to about 20 miles per hour to get around <laughs> mm-hmm. this curve. And it is the loudest thing I ever heard in my life. I mean, there, nothing comes
2: close. And how many concerts have you stayed? Those, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Louder than concerts. I swear to God. We the, were like four. F- those of you who enjoyed Senna will enjoy that part where he was at Monaco driving in the rain. Right. And he was just driving the shit out of the car during a rainstorm and making passing everybody. But they called the race. <laughs> the black flagged it uh, due to rain. I think, right before he could pass whoever his nemesis was. Um, So was uh, George wrote faster based on the uh, F1, his F1 enthusiasm? Mm -hmm. Was it Ronnie Peter? Oh, he's also friends with Nicky Lana. Um, Was Ronnie Peterson, did he die in a fire? Anyway, I don't know. It's interesting the way – when you get old, your brain just hops around from names to names, and <laughs> exactly. place to Speaking place. Speaking of the, connect them,
2: the brain hopping around. You said you were on your way to Princeton, and then you said your dad wished you had been a lawyer. Is that why you went to Princeton?
8: I went to Princeton because my dad wanted me. To, he had gone to Princeton. I wanted, to, and I I did graduate. Yeah, from was Princeton. Gonna, that was my next. So I, I worked as a tour manager on the weekends. Princeton was in those days still an all male institution, and mm. and the. The scene on campus was kind of sad. <laughs> a lot of guys getting drunk, you know, waiting in beer <laughs> pools. It sounds you know. great, <laughs> you know. And and so it was much more fun to go out on the road
1: with a lot of you
2: were living a double life. Fun people, yeah. yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, and uh, so when you retired, or not retired, but sort of got out of going out on the road and doing all that, all that stuff. Hold on, Ronnie Peterson got in a wreck in nineteen seventy-eight Italian Grand Prix.
3: Yeah, and then uh, crash. There was a big fire. Then he was in the hospital. Had twenty-seven fractures in his legs and feet. And then while he was there, his condition worsened and ultimately died of kidney failure. So he was a.
1: There was a crash. There was a fire, but the fire didn't didn't kill him. But he died right later. But F one drivers would just die regularly back then. Like that's just how that's just how that sport worked. They figured it out. Now, but they really figured out it's kind of interesting. What they kind of figured out is the car safety, but more what right. was around the right. track safety. They, just, they used the- to run into a lot. They have the K rail and the barrier that gives, and the, yeah. but if but if you look at Monaco, that's a street track, and there is no runoff or anything. Right. They just put that right. like K rail around everything, and you're just right in the middle, of, right in the middle of it. There's no like runoff or hung a tire and got a little wide and came back in.
2: And good luck, spectators.
1: You get wide and you just go through a hotel, right, right. there. But what a. That's a bucket list uh, destination, whether you're into cars or not, going right. to the Monaco Grand Prix with it's all the this, yachts it's, it's in the harbor Sunday. and everything. It's, yeah, on, on it's the TV. coming up. Yeah. Um, the Southwest, get out there.
5: So, so <laughs> you, you know, I mean,
8: uh, to answer your question, I I left rock and roll because, quite frankly, a lot of the people who I wanted to work for didn't want to go on the road or were too sick to go on the road. And so, the movie business seemed a little more um together That's in that something. sense. Uh and then of course I, I did movies with Nick Nolte and Gary Busey and disabused myself of all of that.
5: <laughs> oh <laughs> no, right.
1: oh Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: naive Jonathan. <laughs> yes.
1: But I got uh, those two at the height of their powers were very virile men. Absolutely, yes. very. Yeah, watch yeah. <laughs> Nick Nolte so, in the deep.
8: So I did a I did a movie with Nick called Under Fire, which was set in Nicaragua during the revolution. He played a war photographer. And oh yeah, and, right. And Gene Hackman played this other correspondent that gets killed. Yeah, yeah, I and, remember that. And so the the fourth day we were there, I you know the driver. Shows up, who's bringing Nick to the set, and and says he's not at the hotel, and uh, you know, and then we've looked around. Well, it turns out Nick had decided to move into the only whorehouse in Oaxaca <laughs> permanently. <laughs> he had a, he had a per diem, so he
2: could spend it wherever he wanted. <laughs> Sounds like a country song, the only whorehouse in Oaxaca.
1: I, you know, it's so crazy because with. Everybody with a camera in their phone and everyone is tweeting and everyone's dropping a dime. And everyone is essentially a ring doorbell now. You know what I mean? You can't be famous and walk into a blonde guy, walk into a whorehouse in Oaxaca and expect to – Have that last 10 minutes before it gets all stateside and TMZ. that didn't exist then. No, I know. And it's sad (laughs) that it's going to cut into that behavior significantly. (laughs) Agreed. And uh, we're going to tell stories about celebrities 50 years from now. Like, oh, remember when... Justin Timberlake beat off and went to bed. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Well, hold on. I can pull it up for oh, you. Want to see it? That's crazy. Yeah. There's not going to be any whorehouses in anymore. All right. Let me give uh, Jonathan a plug. The magic year scenes from a rock and roll lives available now on Amazon, and I'll hit uh, the Stamps.com. Why are you still going to the post office and paying full postage? You don't want to do that. Stamps.com. Mail and ship anywhere, anytime, right from your computer. We've used Stamps.com here for over 11 years. They've been with us for over a decade. Send out merch, books, paperwork. Whether you're a small business, sending invoices, uh, an Etsy shop, shipping orders, or just navigating... Hybrid work life, stamps.com can handle it. Over 1 million businesses choose stamps.com. Print U.S. postage from any letter, any package, and uh, any class of mail, 24-7 at home, plus up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. No risk offer, four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale no long term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, top of the homepage, and type in Adam. That's stamps.com and Adam. Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, joining us. My pleasure. I'm trying to find what we're doing. Uh, oh, I got to cheat here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Giannis Papas, a stand up comedian. Giannis Papas, very funny. I was just watching a special I'll talk to him right after this.